no, it, it absolutely is such a it's such a it is it's a cognitive and it's a I couldn't possibly be the reason that you're here. If you're like, oh, do you have Buffalo Trace? Like, oh, we don't have Buffalo Trace, but we have Basil Hayden and it comes from the same distillery. It's slightly more expensive, but it's a higher tier and it's, you know, made with a little more care than Buffalo Trace, but by the same people. Mm -hmm. They're like, nice. wow. Oh, Jackson, for the record, I tell people you used to work for Deep Eddie and that's why I recommend the vodka. So you know what I love to do? I love. I hate. I love to when lie. People will <laughs> do the thing. <laughs> I thought maybe if we had two cold opens at the same time, it might be better. Okay. Okay. <laughs> do you want to finish yours before I continue? With no, mine? I know. I just thought like if we had like two at the same time, it might be like better than just one. Okay. Now go ahead. So I really like. I really. Yeah, like, I'm not really um, a big fan of like. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> no go ahead go ahead do i get to go ahead now do i get to go ahead oh now no, no, no like, he wouldn't do it it was like he wouldn't do it three times so no uh, no also in noah's head absolutely he would do it three I times i literally can't believe you were the one to do it the third time yeah dan did it the third time. sometimes i don't even have to do my own job i got your back fam <laughs> Man, I just wanted to tell you about the only new thing that's happened in my life over the last month. And you're just, you're so busy talking over me that I don't, I don't even know if I want to share these funny stories anymore. Yeah, well, I mean, I, luckily I can talk about one of the only new things that's happened in my life in this last month. Oh, cool. What happened to you? And that, that's that I started working at a state-run liquor store. Oh, that's really neat. You want to tell us about that? Uh, uh, you know, I want to hear your thing. <laughs> <laughs> So, what's um, your thing? I also no, ahead, started what's working your cool at a state-run liquor store. <laughs> wow, I can't believe Noah just came in here and tried to steal your thing, Jackson. That's pretty fucked up. Let's let's talk about lying to people. Let's talk about lying no, let's to talk people. About Dan, that. Dan, how much do you know about wine? Uh, more than zero. Less than like a person who drinks wine regularly. How's that? Mm -hmm. So, is mm -hmm. the scale zero to a person who drinks wine regularly? Yeah. There's no like other integers. It's just nope. zero. It's zero, and then drinks so drinks like, lots of wine. I'm like a point five. Okay. A point five out of probably three because well, drinks wine regularly. They probably still don't know anything about wine, if we're being honest. Valid. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. that's something I have learned over these past few weeks. Let me tell you about uh, I... learning oh, yeah. that different wines exist um, during me selling people on them. Absolutely. That's the best experience of your life. Who's going to talk about a Chablis? A, a Chablis? Yeah. I don't think I've seen a Chablis. Oh, uh, you're gonna. I'm sure I am. I'm sure I am. C H A B L I S. You're gonna see him. Oh, is oh that yes, you are. I don't know. <laughs> I, but I lie to people about it. There you go. I lie to people about um knowing what a good dry wine is, and that's I do that very regularly. And the mm, way I yes. do that is I find. You might have seen my tweet about this. I find the nicest looking $10 bottle of wine that I know happens to be dry and saying, I like this one a lot, personally. I think it's a pretty good bang for your buck. And then I say, but if you're looking for an all-time crowd pleaser, you can't go wrong with Barefoot. And that's my entire sales pitch. And look, it is the number one. It has the most awards won out of any American, in all American wine competitions. But also, if you want, you can also just do Barefoot. Yeah, well, no, Barefoot has the most uh, medals. Oh, does it actually? Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I uh, thought you were talking about whatever wine he was talking about. No, Barefoot actually yeah, is I'm good. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I don't, I'm not meaning to say that it's actually, like, amazing. I don't mean, I don't think it's bad by any means. No, it's, but you know, it's Barefoot's like five fine. bucks and it's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, Barefoot's um, really good for, Barefoot is actually good bang for your genuinely buck. Genuinely, good bang for your buck. Yeah. Uh, but I also think that they have the most medals because... I'm going to bet they enter way more fucking competitions That's than anybody else. very fair. If you have the money that Barefoot does, you can enter every single competition. It doesn't matter if you play sixth in 80% of them, because if you're entering 10,000, you're going to win a couple. That's it's fair. True. And let's, let's be real here. When you have the money of being the wine that people like me just say, yeah, man, this is a great wine. <laughs> when you got enough people like me working and pushing that wine on people, you're never going to, you're never going to fall off the mountain. It's, it's just genuinely true that uh, Baref Barefoot Pink Moscato is a certified hood classic. It I, just is. I just see that fly absolutely fly off the shelves. No, and I'm like, oh while my we're gosh. talking about Barefoot wine, can we can we have a quick moment to can I in implant your brain with a thought that I've had that I can never unthink whenever I'm working at the liquor store? Yeah, please. Mm. <laughs> you think anyone's ever jerked off to the Barefoot wine logo? Yes. I hate that thought. Yeah. 
The answer is probably yeah. Yeah, the answer is definitely yeah. Or 100%. if not, if not to that, it may have brought them to where they're like, oh boy, I need to step aside for a minute. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I literally, there's literally not a doubt in my mind. Yeah, there's definitely somebody out there who's been like weirdly horny about the barefoot wine logo. Now the question is the bigger question I feel like in this is is it a constant yeah. horniness or is it a this is a one time thing and they're like and now they can't look at barefoot wine the same way. I think there's probably some examples of both out there because I think it's not a one off situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm, this is something I've given much thought to. Uh huh. Because you know it really does fly off the shelves more than any other wine, so I find myself stocking it like five times at least a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when so, you do that, you start to think, hmm, I wonder if anyone's jerking off to the barefoot wine logo. Oh, every time I think that, yeah. yeah every I single do think that pretty you know, often. No, can I can I hit you with a, another thing about so so I I don't know are you are you working there as like permanent part time or are you seasonal? I am going to be permanent part time. Okay, I I am I am but a seasonal lad, so I'm just there for a couple weeks. Uh, mo- honestly, the, one of the main reasons is like for next semester, my total bill after everything is like four hundred dollars. That's rad. And Congrats. Like, rather than like take that out of my like, well, I mean, I there's there's loans on it. Don't it's not it's not all. Oh, well, still, that's still still not bad. That's still not bad. There's loans, loans on there. I mean, some of it, a lot of it's grant, actually, which I I can't complain about. Um, But so I got to pay like $400 out of pocket. And I'm like, rather than like take it out of my savings or like, you know, a little investment portfolio, I'm just going to work for a couple weeks, pay off that and then use the rest of it for like gas money to go visit Mari. There you go. Um, Nice. That's that's kind of the plan. So I'm like, yeah, you know, that that pays for a couple trips. And since my internship's not going to be paid, you know, Mm -hmm. yeah. Unpaid internships. Uh, un- 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 I'm not going to talk about unpaid internships on the podcast. I'm just going to get angry. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason to not get angry. It's kind of like the worst thing ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, you know what they say, any port in a storm. And sometimes the port won't pay you for your wares. Uh, it'll just take them and say, well, your ship's lighter now. I guess so. You say, um, well, I sure do hope that my ship being lighter helps me to survive this storm better. There you go. I mean, they threw uh, they threw my man, my man, uh, Jonah overboard for that one. True. It's That's true. exactly what they did. That was that and was the storm stopped. That so, was like, the reason they threw Jonah over because they I were like, if we give this one person, the vote will be lighter. Well, no, they at first they threw off all the cargo. To be fair, they were kind of homies for like trying to not immediately kill the guy. True. That, like God was, was like, saying, you gotta hey, kill him. My bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. God was like, you gotta throw him off, and they were like, oh, shit, we don't really want. Like he, he seems nice. Like we don't want to kill him. Mm-hmm. But then eventually he was like, guys, you gotta kill me, and they were like, really. Jerry, Jerry, you gotta kill me, Jerry. Jerry, George, you gotta kill him. George, you gotta throw him overboard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Have I told y'all I Nina's getting ready to divorce okay. me because I've started watching Seinfeld, by the way? I I love the idea of Seinfeld does Bible stories. Seinfeld Holy does Bible shit. stories is such a good idea. The idea of George... I can already just see George Costanza sitting like a little bit of like shittily on a throne as Pharaoh. And Jerry's like, Pharaoh, you gotta <laughs> let my people go. <laughs> this is the best bit. This is the worst bit. Pharaoh. <laughs> Cursed as hell. So fucking cursed. I'm so here for oh it. Oh my god, I love it. Dan, I'm come so on. fucking here for it. No, Dan. I'm here for it. Dude. And, and George hardened his heart. Because you know George hardened his heart, but then eventually God hardened George's heart. Uh Does man. Have a heart attack what? from deli food? What do you mean? That's God hardening his heart. Damn. That's what the Bible meant. You got me there. Ooh. Oh my god, that's a great idea though. Is that also gonna be on our TV network? It is. Now. I think we if we could get the funds to do Seinfeld does Bible stories. Holy shit. Hilarious. I, just, uh, I don't know that that would fly with like the FCC or with Jerry. What are, what are the rules on on like the why wouldn't the FCC let that fly? Um, because there's just like a lot of like lobbying groups who would be like, you can't let them make a mockery of um, Christianity as the entire show. And without like the kind of backing of some like kind of organization like being you know, uh, like Comedy Central or something. You mm-hmm. can't really get away with it as the because, like, even though South Park's got some anti-religious stuff in there and some like comedy about religion, the whole joke isn't the religion. Yeah. Whereas, like, this would be like, yep, that's the whole joke. And also, we're an unestablished network. <laughs> yeah, you, you got you got me there. There's probably a low chance that we'd be able to get away with it. But but man, for those two weeks, the, 
Yeah. <laughs> the two weeks I mean, before we got, we Jer- got before we got I'm literally be and figuratively canceled. If we got Jerry Seinfeld on board again, not gonna fucking happen. Then all of a sudden the things start to turn around because if you actually got Seinfeld for the show, I think they'd let it run. Oh, I mean Seinfeld's like I the think coolest he's... guy ever. Everyone loves Seinfeld. I mean, I don't want to go there. That's how. But that's like, the, that's the sh- that was the show actually. Everybody loves Seinfeld. But like, yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like that. Like, if he was on board with the show and wanted to run it, it would run. Mm-hmm. I don't like, have any reason put, to, to He made B movie everywhere. Like he put like B movies advertising was off the chain. Doesn't mean it succeeded, but it happened. Mm-hmm. And you can't tell me B movie would have happened if anyone other than Jerry Seinfeld was like doing everything to make it happen. You know, I would agree with you, but there have been a lot of real dumb movies that have gotten made out of lesser prop uh, premises. That's true, but like B movie was everywhere, and you it know, was not by like a no name studio. You know what B movie was? B movie was like a like a set like a seventies eighties. Like you remember when you got like those like oh this is Hulk Hogan's movie, and it's like very clearly the only thing that mattered about the movie was that Hulk Hogan was in it. You know yeah, about? absolutely. Exact same energy, but for like the early two thousands. Yeah, no, you are very correct in that, and I don't know how to feel about that. That's, and like the fact that oh. it's animated kind of alienates it from that it by like one layer, but in a perfect way. But in, in a mm-hmm. very cursed way, in a way that means that some large number of people had to sign off on it. Right. When you're when you're dealing with like a uh, the Hulk Hogan, whatever, whatever Hulk Hogan movie, that's like, yeah, you there were a lot of people Arnold signed off on it. Schwarzenegger's family comedies. You can say perfect. that, too. <laughs> perfect. That works. That works. That works much better. Arnold Schwarzenegger's family comedies. When you're working with with any of those. You got you got like, yeah, there were a lot of people that had to sign off on it. But at a certain point, like the ball's rolling too fa- too fast, too quickly. And everyone else kind of gets caught up in it for an mm-hmm. animated movie. There's so many layers of people that have to be involved with every fucking so step of that. So yeah, and have to put their everything into those. Exactly. Steps. Exactly. Like, because I feel like for a lot of those movies, like you can add like a half assed director for the Hulk Hogan family oh, movie. Yeah. And they do. 100 percent. But the thing is, like. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Animation directors, it's it's so vastly different than like, hey, okay, Hulk, walk around. They're like, we've got to painstakingly animate Jerry Seinfeld be having a romantic relationship with this woman. Yeah, mm-hmm. like we're gonna have to take weeks of our lives to make this happen and look good. Mm-hmm. We just, and we had to devote everything in ourselves to this. Yeah, this is just something we all have to accept. Like this is like two years of our lives that we are devoting to this. Do you ever think about the fact that there was a rap song recorded by Jerry for the song for the movie? I don't think about it often, but it's been brought to my attention before. I think about it every now and then, and I I just don't like it. It's not a good memory to like have pop up. It's not an inherently like bad one, right? Like, weren't we talking? What? How do we get to this point? I don't. I don't know. Wait, hold on. I'm I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember what uh, that we got to talk about. What do you? What do you? I feel like we gotta get back to the liquor store. You know, I feel like the thing about the liquor store is when it comes down to like lying to people about things. I try not to. You know, I kind of get the general idea of wine. You know, dry and sweet. Like I know. You know, you can tell the difference based on alcohol percentages. Um, but I feel like the liquor section is really where I'm like the most comfortable. Oh, Jackson, for the record, I tell people you used to work for Deep Eddie, and that's why I recommend the vodka, just so that you know. Oh, that's hilarious. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I a do have a... I used to work there. Um, and you know, he turned me on to it. And honestly, bang for your buck, it's as good as Tito's. That's what I say every time. I mean, I'll die on that hill. Like, absolutely, I will agree with that because, like, I genuinely like the like the Deep Eddie vodka. I think it's really cool. I've even got like a tin sign in my room. Um, and that's the only distillery I've ever been to. Yeah. So like, I mean, there we I, go. That's See? what I t- like. We don't sell like the regular. We only have the flavor of the store I work at. So really? like, it's kind of harder to make that. Ha- yeah. Which is annoying. But so it's kind of harder to make it happen. So like, but if people, if they're looking for like flavored vodka, I'm like, yeah, you got to get this deep Eddie stuff. It's the best you can get. I'm like, I've been there before. Mm-hmm. The distillery. I just remember because they, they do like, I went with a friend of mine who kind of sucks as a person. Um, but yeah, he kind of went off the deep end after this point. I don't know if it was because of the Deep Eddie Distillery tour. I don't think so. I think it was based more on like uh, rapidly changing political ideologies that kind of made him into a piece of shit. Anyway, wouldn't it be really um, funny so we don't if talk the any... Deep Eddie like distillery was just like his breaking point? He's like, you know what? Nah, this is it. I'm done. <laughs> no, because like he and I had like a really good day that day. But then like you know like a year later, like I checked his Facebook page. I'm like, oh my god, what happened, man? What happened? Anyway, we don't talk anymore, but fond memories. Fond memories. Uh, we went to the distillery, and like you know how you go to like a brewery, and they're like, "Yeah, well, here's a flight. It's like four four ounce glasses of beer." Yeah. At the distillery, they're like, "Yeah, you want to do like a vodka flight?" And uh, we were mm-hmm. like, "Yeah." It's just like they just hand you six different shots of vodka. 
And you're sitting here I, like, like it, these it, all taste it's not essentially like, the same. I, and then, I have no, a story fla- story once, that, once, once we're yeah, I, I, don't I thought it was going to be like topic. I thought it was going to be like, you know, like a little sip of each of them just to like try and get it. But nah, no, they just like fam. brought out like a little thing. Yep. Six shot glasses, different flavors. And I was like, bro, you're just asking me to take six shots and then drive home. Yeah, that's exactly what they're asking. Man, I'm excited because next year they're going to restart like spirit and wine tasting at work uh, for employees <gasps> so that we can lie less. You know, uh, oh, nice. they stopped it during COVID and they're like, and my my boss, my boss is a is a saint for multiple reasons. Uh, the first one being uh, I made a joke about the fact that my apron just reeked of weed after work. And he's like, yeah, well, we don't piss test here, you know, just FYI. And I'm like, all right, so that was funny. cool of you. Thank you. Of course they don't, because it's a union job. What are they going to do? Step on the union's toes and be like, you guys can't smoke weed anymore? Because then you're just going to collectivize further. Everyone's going to smoke weed on the clock. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, he was talking about how, yeah, I mean, they tell you to spit it out, but like, you sign a little paper, and that little paper says that you acknowledge that if you get in an accident because you didn't listen to them when they said to spit the wine out, uh and you get in a wreck it's not their fault so i mean do whatever <laughs> like, what the hell? Well, i mean yeah it's not like they're handing you glass after glass after glass it's like you know but with the spirits it does add up oh without oh, yeah. a doubt um uh, yeah quickly, I, that's, I feel like when it, oh absolutely like i the six shots of vodka on the flight and then we just kind of had to like mill about for a little while because neither of us could drive and we were like oh. it's okay they had food there too oh there well. you gotta you can't you can't send people into that situation and not give them a little something well, actually, I've, I've been to that distillery and I've been to Abita Springs, the brewery before. That was those two places were like awesome. Mm-hmm. I would go again. If we sold beer, I would definitely tell them that you worked at Abita as well. <laughs> Absolutely. You got to just, you know, you tell people what you need to tell them. It works. I, just, I, I do love <laughs> I do love selling like the, the, the vodka, though, and like the, the spirits and stuff like that, because when it comes to wine, someone will be like, what's the difference between these two? Cabernets, and I'm like, oh, I got no idea. I couldn't. I don't know what. It, I don't even know what makes it a Cabernet. Besides, maybe the type of grape. See, that's when I go. Um, honestly, I haven't had this one yet, but I like this one a lot. Whichever yeah, one is like on sale, I like a lot. But it, it's kind of like insane though, for them to be like, yeah, hey, liquor store employee, have you tried every single thing on the shelf? No, that's that would be that would mean I've spent thousands of dollars out of my own pocket. Mm-hmm. No, I haven't done that. <laughs> I, I mean. I think it's unreasonable to ask but to, to I, ask but like to assume people exactly, will be like is exactly this, does this one taste good and you'll be like i don't know i, I taste them all I, I haven't tried every drink i have not done every alcohol but then with like the the spirits and stuff i can like actually like i'm more knowledgeable because i used to work at like the bar and mm-hmm. at bars people don't really ask you questions about wine they just tell you which one they want mm-hmm. and then you say but then, like, sorry when it comes to like that precisely but when it comes to like liquor like there's a there was a lot more options and people like needed to know a lot more so like over time you just get more knowledgeable on it so like i can actually like tell people the difference between even like different types of a certain thing like different types of a certain whiskey or like different things that come out of different areas you know how like if you're like oh do you have buffalo trace like oh we don't have buffalo trace but we have basil hayden and it comes from the same distillery it's slightly more expensive but it's a higher tier and it's you know made with a little more care than buffalo trace but by the same people mm-hmm. they're like nice. wow and they did and then you get a 40 dollar bottle yeah, they love that. But then they go to I'll go over to the wine section and people are like, is this one good? And it's like Arbor Mist Peach. And I'm like, probably, probably. not. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I don't know. For you, I think it'll be good. Now, Noah, you you also started around Christmas time. Did you get Christmas gifts from coworkers? Um, no. Yeah, no. We I... are a big enough store. Uh we're actually I'm working at the second biggest one in Erie. Um and I think I'm working such... at the smallest one in Erie. <laughs> <laughs> uh how many employees there are four employees. Yeah, we have like, I think we have 15. Yeah, there's four. Now, I have not um, seen all 15 in one place at one time uh, for, you know, for fairness. I have not. But, you know, we, we have a good number of them. Yeah, no, there's there's four where I work. Um, Four and then me just hanging out. Just vibing. So, uh, you got to have someone like, that just hangs out. They all got like each other, like uh, like Christmas gifts, and they were all very nice. And most of them got me things as well, even though they didn't really know me. That's and that so was really nice. Sweet. The only thing is most of what they got was like liquor related things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just because like, you know, you can get them at the store. You can get like mini bottles and stuff. So I have like eight, nine mini bottles. And then also one of the guys, he's like a he was an engineer for a while and then he retired and he just kind of works there for fun. Um, He's like he's a bit of a wine dad. And I can go over the list of things I say that make him mad uh, later. Uh, Very funny. Very excited. But he bought everyone a pint. He bought everyone a pint of screwball. Wow. 
I was going to say, yeah, I, I really saw cool. you had a pint of screwball, but I didn't want to be like yeah. the guy that's like, oh, and you have a pint of screwball. Yeah, and I haven't tried it yet, but I'm excited. That's that's one of the ones that I will talk up, but I've never had just because I see so many people buy it. I'm like, yeah, I mean, people love this. It flies off the shelves. And then I will add that I haven't had it yet. And I'm like, because it's so popular. So you I don't even get try it and sell here. it. Yeah, I don't even bother trying to sell it because like it's just it, it, we're out. Yeah. Like we get like f- we got four cases on Thursday and they're gone. They were gone on the on by Friday. By the time I left, all four cases had been completely sold of it. Yeah, sounds about right. So like, it's like why why I don't have, I don't tell people to get it. They just get it. I had a guy come in and he's and like, people, "Hey, I'm looking for a peanut butter whiskey as a prank," and I'm like, "A prank? Yeah, here's the screwball. This is what you're after." And I'm like, "Why would you? Why would you do that?" It's a thirty dollar prank. It is. I even tried to sell him on just like having a pint of it instead of like the full fifth, but nah, he was he was yeah. Committed. You don't like people really do be drinking the like the the screwball. It's it's thirty dollars for like a, a fifth of it, yeah, and people just buy it like left and right. Mm-hmm. And like man, what kind of people also would just be buying like very expensive things? Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's true. And the other they, day someone came they in, they're like, "Do you have this thinking. type?" Oh yeah, no, and some people just do it naturally. They're like, "This is just what you do." Mm-hmm. Uh, I had this this um, lady come in. She's like, "Do you have this kind of uh, whiskey?" And then she showed me a bottle of like an ultra premium vintage type of Jack Daniels that was like online retailing for like four hundred dollars. And I was like, "No, man, this is a Wendy's." We don't. I was like, "This is the smallest liquor store in the county." Um, no, we don't have a, an extremely rare and very expensive vintage of Jack Daniels. No, we don't have that. <laughs> It's like a limited release from like 2018. Why would we have that? I respect that she like went for it. Like she was like, maybe, maybe my local, maybe I'll try my local liquor store, support the business. They will definitely have the thing that I am looking for. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. uh, Like 80% of interactions where people ask if we have something and we don't, I'm just like, yeah, just going up to the register and uh, ask them if anywhere around here has it and they can give you a list of all the stores in the county that have it. And then I always send them to where Nola works. That's basically how what it boils down to. Yeah. They're like, do you have this? I'm like, no, but where Nola works does. I used to do that to uh, the... Uh, Yorktown store. Yeah, and that one too, for sure. Then my coworker was like, "Nah, man, send them somewhere else. Yorktown has enough business." I'm like, "Okay, yeah, you got me there. You got me there." Uh, my one manager used to come from there though, and he's where I get all my real wine information because they had a wine specialist, someone who mm-hmm. literally worked every day to deal with the wine snobs that came in during work hours for wine because most of the wine snobs, fun fact, come in between the hours of um 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. That somehow uh, which does is, not surprise me. Yeah, right. Um, on one hand, it doesn't surprise me. On the other hand, it's totally wild to me that that's when the wine snobs come out. The thing about the wine snobs is like uh, the one the one guy who works at the store with me is not a wine snob, but he's a little bit of like a wine dad yeah. type. You know, he's a little bit like into like the finer things, very much like the one who will judge people after they walk out for their purchases. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Very funny, very, very cool guy. Um, but he really hates the way I refer to like everything fair enough fair enough um for example any of like the woodbridge things i call robbie moe's why would you do that because it's, <laughs> it's like woodbridge by robert mondavi and i'm like yeah that's that's a little robbie moe um uh, i call pinot grigio pini g well that's you know i'm starting to think i'm starting Pinocchio to think your coworkers Gringo, right so so like sometimes you're, sn- you're snagging a little pini g when you're stocking us in pinot grigio that's what you call it i i think your coworker might have been right no that's 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 fair i think i think he is <laughs> uh that's that's cursed but also very very funny i yeah no it's, it's i i really do like being like yeah i'm just you know snagging a little pindy g and he just like looks at me he's like okay <laughs> I... oh also because i started working there and i don't have numbers so i can't like i had numbers but i don't have like the stuff to log into the system and do training um so basically every day i just go in there and stock and reorganize and like alphabetize everything for like eight hours. Oh, so they decided and, to just um, have you be their stock guy and that's it. They're like, they're like, yeah, you are going to do, you're going to lift everything. And uh, so that's been the first day I was there. They were like, uh, this first of all speaks to just how low the bar is for seasonal help. Uh, it's incredibly low. They're like, all right, well, you know, since you don't have any experience and you can't, you know, do anything yet, since it's just like your first day, uh, just go like stock up, like go uh, organize the box wine. 
And so like I went back there and I took all the monks wine and I organized it by type. I got it all like stacked in indi- like individual like flavors, if you will, or like types of wine. Yeah. And I had like all of them separated and I had them all like level against the back wall, no space in between the boxes. And it was like took me like two hours. And then like the general manager came back. He's like, I've never seen this room so clean before. I'm like, bruh, that says something. That says more about you, man. I just be cleaning it because I got nothing else to do. And then they, they had me like systemically go through and like organize and sort and clean uh every inch of the back room mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. um which has been i think it's kind of fun you know i don't yeah, have to like, deal with people yeah there's a there's a zen to that that i i super fuck with i, yeah. I would agree we have um My, so i've been you guys that. call the uh the spare bottle shelf your slush shelf right yeah it's the, the slush for sure okay so yeah we have a guy who um is obsessive about tidying the slush shelf uh to the point where i think he had a stress-related stroke about it once uh which is not that is not funny this is not me putting that in as like a punchline that's like yikes dude no it's um it is like the slush shelf is really overwhelming especially because it's there's not that much space and if you have like single facing stuff out on the the front you'll put like five bottles out and then you have to go find a place for seven yeah i got it's it can be overwhelming and yeah i I can see it but like i definitely wouldn't ever cause me to have like that much stress over it but i can understand how someone could let it kind of take over for them Mm -hmm. and especially like this time of year like let's be real it's the holidays um what it's gonna be a mess that's just how it is and you gotta learn to be okay with that but you know whatever yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a mess but i don't know it's i i find a lot of elements of the job to be really fun and rewarding uh, there's nothing that I've disliked about it so far. Yeah. Outside of the fact that I will have people come in and ask me whether like A or B bottom shelf shit tier vodka is better. And I'm like, oh, yeah. They're like, hey, man, should I get the Kamchatka or the Bankers Club? I'm like, please get anything else. Yeah. Don't get either. Just it, it, it shouldn't cost you eight dollars for half a gallon of vodka. Like you get that that's. That's you can't possibly. I can't recommend the eight dollar or the nine dollar version when it's half a gallon of liquor. It's not going to yeah. be good. Yeah. No. What yeah. you're gonna do is you're gonna go home, mix it with lemonade, and pretend it's all right. Like don't, don't act like I'm gonna help you here. You can't be helped. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised how much of that stuff actually sells though. Oh yeah. I'm. I'm not. And I think it I've sells the most. Well, no, I think it sells. The thing is, most of it that I see go out and that I sell is to older people. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that uh, I would say budget. 60, 70 up. Yeah, definitely. When you, if you're on a limited income and like it'll last you a little while. And if you have like and if it won't last you a little while, then you're still, you know, budget the best you can. And like, yeah, I see most of it go out to older people. And like, no offense, but as you get older, your taste buds do get less and less like acute. Mm-hmm. So you really can't taste things the same. So like if you're 70, it doesn't really matter if you're drinking Tito's or Kamchatka. You're it's you're not really drinking for the taste at that point. Mm hmm. Because you're, you know, the, the the taste of it isn't really, you know, helping you. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You can't taste that strong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's why old men apparently love black pepper. Like the older men get, the more like our taste buds like make us enjoy the taste of black pepper. Oh no, I huh. love black and pepper. <laughs> I do too. And I've also found myself being more and more into it over time. Like when I was like a kid, I was like, it's fine. But now I'm like, ooh, give me a McChicken. It's got like a nice amount of black pepper to it, but I could add a little packet on top. I feel that in my soul, Wait. Jackson, and I need you to understand how yeah, not okay no. with that I am. Yeah, black pepper is like enjoying black pepper is apparently a natural part of men aging, which is insane. Like it's like a biological thing. That's actually nutty. Because apparently, like as your taste buds diminish, not in all people, but in yeah, like apparently as your taste buds age, one of the things that still tastes the same is black pepper. So if everything else tastes worse, black pepper ends up seeming like it tastes better that's wild yeah i i not for women though and i don't know why and i I, like it's it's strange but apparently it's it's a phenomenon that happens in men Um, interesting obviously not just to speak to a gender binary i suppose because it is a biological thing you know assigned male at birth Mm. i suppose uh but you you know it's it's a yeah it's a strange thing black pepper becomes a, a taste that like, and that's why i don't know if you guys have ever worked in restaurants before but literally like you get like an old guy sitting at your table he's like oh, can i have some package of pepper you're like you already have a shaker he's like it's empty i'm like oh god mm-hmm. it's a monster he's they a monster. covering stuff stop. with it and it tastes good they're right and they should do it <laughs> something it's true and they should say it actually is like i'm just like yeah i really love black pepper and she's like 
could you could you do less though? And I'm like, well, I mean, yeah, I guess if, if you, Not you legally, to, I, I suppose. I, I'm I'm in the same boat where I'm like, yeah, this is like the, what, one of the greatest the great. spices of all time. <laughs> I'm like this is like a top echelon spice, and Mari's like. What? I I don't know. I I wish I could. I wish I could be like. No, it's not the best. But like sometimes there'll be a recipe that's like add ground white pepper, and I'll be like, white pepper is just like a weaker version of black pepper for cowards, and I add both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like the weird thing about okay, I'm gonna go off on white pepper for a second. I think it tastes fine. I think there's no problems with white pepper. But most of the time when a recipe calls for it, it's like that way you don't see specks of black pepper in the dish. I don't care. No, who cares? Like I'm not. I'm not pressed for it. I'm not like, oh god, these dumplings. You're gonna be able to see the black pepper flecks in them. I, I'm not worried about that. Yeah, no, like, I, I'll, I'll give you that. A lot of the time, it's because it's a French cooking item, and it's like, ah, you wouldn't want to see yeah. the pepper. And I'm like, damn, you would you not want to see the pepper? And like, I I don't mind. Like, yeah, there's a, a lot of the, because I have, like, the dumpling recipe book, and I've been making a lot of stuff out of that, and a lot of the types of dumplings I'll go to make, it'll be like, yeah, use uh, white pepper so you can't see it in the dumpling. I'm like, first of all, you're putting it inside of a wrapper. You're not, like, and, like, I don't understand why that's, like, a bit, it's in, like, half the recipes. It's, like, white pepper for, like, a, a visual effect. I'm like, it really doesn't need to be. Yeah, like, nobody cares. I've never made dumplings for someone, and they've been like, excuse me, I saw some black pepper in here. It's like there's giant chunks of like green onion and garlic and ginger in there. And they're like, yeah, but the flecks of pepper are really off putting to me. I've never experienced someone saying that. <laughs> I mean, I think it, I think that if you did, that would be the kind of person you don't be friends with anymore. Yeah. Like, I think if I had someone come over to my house and I made them like a, a, a like a, a dish and they were like, ah, I see pepper flakes. Yeah. I would be like, you can go home. Like, you're not welcome here. Yeah, that would be yeah, a no you, for me. You kind of being a piece. Like, I'm not okay with that. Mm -mm. There's no reason to Nor be that you guy, be. especially about yeah, especially about that. Come on, yeah. Mm -hmm. and I, like I think maybe if you're like a real purist with like you're like bechamel sauce, and you're like I saw a pepper flake in my pasta, my life is ruined. Like sure at like a fancy restaurant, mm -hmm. but like if you're at a friend's house, don't be a dick. No, like no. Yeah. I've I've eaten at plenty of friends' houses before where like they give me like some food and I'm like ah, I'm not a huge fan of the way this is seasoned, but I'm never like this is the worst. I'm like it's still good. Like, yeah. I'm still having a good time. Yeah. Like, I'm still enjoying it. And I, and I didn't have to cook it. So, like, this is fine. Like, I, yeah. honestly, that's been one of my big selling phrases uh, for stuff that I don't know about is when people ask me, I mean, is this good? I'm like, hey, I mean, I think it's pretty good. And remember, if people don't like it, well, they can shove it because you're the one bringing it to them. They get it for free. It, they sent you like, you know, like, yeah. So that's always been my like, hey, I don't that that's I don't know, but I've had a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, I had a lot of that this last like week, like leading up to Christmas, because for a lot of people buy scotch as like a gift for their boss. Oh, yeah. Like it's kind of like a universe. They're like mm -hmm. getting my boss a nice bottle of scotch because he likes scotch. And they're like, what kind should I get him? And I'm like, honestly, the thing about scotch is like your if your boss is a scotch person, they probably like one kind. And they're probably very particular about it. And they might be a little bit dickish if you don't get them the right kind. Because a lot of people are like, no, I only would drink like a blended nice, like an, a, a high shelf, like blended scotch, like a like a black label Johnny Walker. I don't really want like a, a single malt. And you're like, OK, well, that's that's a preference. Mm -hmm. And it kind of is hard when you're like talking about like a $70 bottle to be like, this is the best one. Because it really like the scotch people are really like anal about what they're drinking. Yeah. And like way, way more than they should be. It's their fault. Mm -hmm. But like, it's hard to be like. And you'll be like, well, what kind do they like? And she's like, oh, well, he always has this like Johnny Walker red label in uh, his in his office. I'm like, OK, well, he probably definitely likes that. But then if you get him it, he already has it. Like he already has mm -hmm. a whole bunch of it. So I'm like, well, you could get him the, the next tier up, which would be like the black label. Or if you want to get a little wild with it, give him something he maybe hasn't tried before. I would go. I always tell people to get the monkey shoulder because it's the funniest bottle. Mm -hmm. um, and it's also really good. It's like the only one I've ever had before. <laughs> But I'm like, yeah, this one's a, a nice change of pace and he'll appreciate the sentiment. For what it's worth, Monkey Shoulder, I think I've as someone who has had it, I think it's a pretty good one. So I agree. I think it's I think it's fun. Uh, and it says Monkey Shoulder on it. It does say Monkey Which Shoulder. Which is very funny. And there's and there's just like monkeys on the bottle. And you're like, huh. but like in a cool way. It's not like silly, funny monkeys. It's like, well, these monkeys, you know, they're not nice. monkeys. Fuck. That's a nice monkey. Uh, I, I, yeah, it's. Selling scotch to people is hard, though, because you're like, honestly, if you're buying this for someone else, they probably already know exactly what they want and like. And if they didn't tell you that, that's kind of on them. Get them something nice that you think is good to give to someone mm -hmm. and pick the price range that you're comfortable with. Don't you know? Yeah, 
I remember when I used to be a bit of a liquor store hound back, but that was also, unfortunately, that was when I was in Texas and liquor stores are a world different there. Man, I had a guy come in and shit talk us to my face when he came in on Christmas Eve, you know? So firstly, Mm -hmm. you gotta, you kind of got to roll with like what you have going there, but you know, he didn't do that. He decided to come in Christmas Eve and say, wow, you have a lot of empty shelves. I'm like, oh yeah, it's, it's our busy time of year. Ha ha. And he's like, yeah, I mean... This would never happen in Texas. And I'm like, oh. What the fuck is he talking about? Oh, what do you mean? He's talk- he wouldn't stop talking about how in Texas they got these liquor stores. And he was like, oh, the size or of something. He's talk about specs. And I'm like. Yeah, he's talking about specs. Yeah. And I'm just like. I've been to plenty of specs. It's just, they kind of suck. Dude, he just wouldn't shut up about how great it was and how big their variety was and how much better it was than us. And I'm just like, all right, but you're here and you're late. Yeah, be nice. It's. It's 1 p.m. on Christmas Eve. You have five hours left to buy your liquor. I'm sorry that you're like, that we're out of like bullet rye. That's not on me. Man, his life must be so hard. Uh, if you went to Specs in Texas on Christmas Eve, it's probably fucking closed, first of all. Um, and I will admit the stores are really cool. I really do like going to a Specs because it's basically, it literally is the size of a Walmart. Mm-hmm. It's just a giant warehouse full of like every kind of liquor you can imagine. Um, but the problem is like, it doesn't necessarily have a bigger variety. It, it just, just has, has more like, of it. Yeah. Everything's like 10 facing. Like you're just going to see like an entire row of different kinds of like Jack Daniels and Jim Beam. And you're like, that's cool. Mm-hmm. But like there, there's literally 30 bottles in a row of the same exact thing it kind of just means you have to walk around more yeah but there there are some it's really cool to like go in and there are a lot of things you can get in a really huge store like that that you can't always get in other places but yeah i I think if people are like people who get really pressed and angry about liquor are weird to me and the weirdest of all are the ones who will like go up to the counter get their stuff rung up and be like what it's fifty dollars i'm like you're telling me when you picked the bottle off the shelf that said 49.99 under it when you walked up to the counter that number surprised you again I had people. It's do that very all day. clearly labeled. And yeah, no, it's very like, clearly you know, labeled. He'll get like two items that are like twenty nine ninety nine and nineteen ninety nine. He's like, all right, that will be forty dollars. And then I'm like, all right, you're looking at fifty seven dollars. Like fifty seven. What do you mean? And I'm like, well, tax. Th- well, Thirty like, oh, plus yeah, twenty. Tax. That's right. Yeah, people are. Oh, I hate that. Yeah, it, it's very funny to me that people act as if like they're shocked. When the it's a different when it, like it's the exact same price it says on the tag. If it's one of those things where like the tag says it's on sale and it doesn't ring up as on sale, I understand it. No, totally. If yeah. You, like, say, if, if you're like, hey, it's supposed to be like five dollars off or whatever. Uh, yeah, that makes complete sense. But half the time it'll be like they won't even be like they won't have any like leg to stand on. They'll just be kind of mad about it. Like, OK, well, don't buy it. Don't I don't know if you're going to be mad that the thing, the huge thing of Tito's costs like 40 bucks. Buy something different. I don't know. Like, like what do you want? <laughs> don't be so angry. We were talking and about people coming out on Christmas Eve and being like, yeah, it's like, oh, it's Christmas Eve, you know, blah, blah, blah. blah. Just uh, like people who came in on Christmas Eve and were like, oh, it's kind of is a shame you guys are having to work and open. I'm like, <laughs> why are you here then? Yeah. And like, if you think it sucks that we have to be here, then why did you come in here? Why are you showing them that it's a good idea to be here? Like, it doesn't really, you know, and it's just it's, like, it's a really a, empty compliment. It's such a cognitive dissonance that I feel like happens all the time. Like, oh, it sucks you got to work on Christmas Eve this late. I'm like, yeah. Sure does. And it does. Also kind of sucks that there's a huge line right now and you just added on to it. But like, isn't that a little bit weird? Yeah. No, it, it absolutely is such a, it's such a, it is. It's a cognitive reason to say, I couldn't possibly be the reason that you're here. You're like, oh, they're already here. So I might as well go in. I'm exactly. not making, yeah, I'm not contributing. I'm just showing up. It's a fun job though. people like it. knock the door down when you opened up? Uh, no, actually. Oh, we had 20 people in the minute the doors opened. It was crazy. Yikes. We, we don't really get a lot of action the minute we open, uh, typically, but like also we're right next to the Chinese food place. Oh, okay. Mm. Um, so like Christmas Eve, there's a lot of people. Coming into the liquor store, walking next door, getting some Chinese food. Yeah. Chinese food for Christmas is a pretty is a pretty common thing. I love it. It's that, a classic, right? yeah. I, I want to do that now. I mean, literally, like on my on my lunch break, Mari uh came to visit and like we just went and sat in her car and like uh one of my coworkers had brought pizza, which was super nice. Mm-hmm. So we had like a, a couple pieces of pizza and then we went and got like some crab rangoon. And I was like, That's rad. Yeah, this Fuck this yeah. slaps. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I, d- I definitely feel like Chinese food on Christmas is a classic. Yeah, I I mean I didn't do it till I got to till I got to college because 
lots of reasons but yeah absolutely as soon as i, as soon as I stopped going home for the holidays chinese food on christmas became such like a, a great idea yeah it's not necessarily i feel like i don't usually do chinese food on christmas day but like it's definitely a, a christmas eve and sometimes christmas night classic yes yes agreed because like i i come from a family where we usually eat like a christmas dinner at like 1 p.m mm-hmm. like we do have really early like like uh holiday meals mm-hmm. so like christmas thanksgiving uh we do we do all the meals like pretty early in the day um so like typically at like 6 7 p.m everyone's kind of hungry and you know maybe you don't want leftovers you know go get some uh, some fried rice and crab rangoon and have that and then some extra ham and stuff but it's it's uh, it's nice to supplement it with some some good old-fashioned chinese food from the down the street mm-hmm. agreed 100 percent. and new year's too they're open always open new year's day i i feel like it's just kind of sad though because like all the chinese places are always open like christmas and new year's um but then they don't close on chinese new year on lunar new year it's kind of sad mm-hmm. like, it's okay guys Take the weekend. We had our time. Yeah. You know, I feel like it's kind of a, you know, a lot of the Chinese restaurants, they're there for you on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. I, you know, I, 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 this is my, my message to all the other Chinese restaurant owners. Just close down for Lunar New Year. Enjoy time with the family. Don't worry about, you know, we got you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, I can't carry the 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 ring, Mister Frodo, but, but I, can I can carry, carry you. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's like that's the Chinese restaurants on New Year's Eve. So like, we sometimes you got to be Samwise on on Lunar New Year. Yeah, dude. I can go without the fried rice and crab rangoon for a little bit. Not too long though. I do feel like, unfortunately, though, it's one of those things where that's also a kind of a busier time. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. And so it's like a you know. Uh, it, make it ends up the feeling like the same kind of energy of the people who do really appreciate and celebrate Christmas as like a big deal to them rather than just, hey, it's a day I get to see my family, I guess, or something like that. Yeah. Um, Who also work on Christmas because they have to, you know? Mm. Yeah. Oh, well. I, I've, I've definitely I've been a, a Christmas Eve worker for a lot. Like, I, I can't remember the last time I didn't work a Christmas Eve. Right. Um, it just has always been something I've had to work on the eve. Not always the day. Every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but most places I've worked at have been like restaurants and stuff and typically they're closed Christmas day. Mm. Um, and yeah, the, the one place though I did, uh, when I worked in Austin, it's closed, it's open 364 days. It's closed Christmas day and it's like a 24 seven like cafe. And I had to work overnight, um, on Christmas Eve. And so Oof. it was like literally work, work, work midnight. Everything gets shut down. We're like, see ya. You just walk out the door. Closed Christmas day. <laughs> basically no we get cleaned up and stuff but it was super dead i mean like it was really busy for a while on christmas eve and then at like 10 p.m no one's going out yeah Yeah. who's who's got time to be out that late so it was kind of a short shift because i think i went in at like six o'clock and usually i'd stay till like four but it closed at midnight yeah it's not a bad deal a pretty good one in fact yeah that job kind of (laughs) sucked the job didn't suck but the hours are just a bit like i would literally work like a lot of times 10 a.m to 8 a.m or 10 p.m to 8 a.m so I'd go in at 10 at night and I would just work till eight in the morning. That's rough. I'm not going to lie to you. That, that so you get all the overnight people and then you start getting into the breakfast rush. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then you get to leave. And then people would be like, how are you doing this morning? I'm like, morning. I've been here for nine hours. <laughs> Honestly, you can get if you if you very delicately play that card, though, you can get a lot of sympathy points. For oh, people. absolutely. Oh, yeah, 100%. You, definitely, you definitely get sympathy tips. You could say, um, oh, I mean, not too bad. I've been here since 10. But it's it's pretty exciting. The end's in sight. They'll be like, oh, my gosh, that's so terrible. And then they'll give you an extra dollar. Yeah, yeah people dude. definitely working overnight. You get a lot of sympathy tips, mm-hmm. sympathy tips and like people just drunk as fuck tips. Yeah. The best are when like the bartenders get out and they come out to at, like 3.30 a.m. Usually they'll be like showing up mm-hmm. and like they're just like out with like friends and stuff. Oh, man. And they always like have a whole bunch of cash and they tip really well and they're drunk. Uh, that's always fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Uh, that was that was like honestly a huge source of my money was just like drunk bartenders coming in. Yeah, there's a lot of really loose bars in Austin where like the the servers are just smashed. Um, and it's part of the charm. But I, I was I'm glad I never worked at one of those places where like as a bartender you were drunk. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I, would, I, would have had a, I don't think I would just have a miserable time. Yeah, that's not seem like a fun time to me to be honest. Just imagine being behind yeah, the bar and you're drunk as all hell, and then people keep demanding things of you. No, no. Yeah, no. there is like honestly almost nothing worse in the world than being like drunk or high and then having something stressful going on. Mm-hmm. Like if you're like blasted and or like trashed, and someone calls you and they're like, "Hey, something bad, serious just happened." You're like, oh, "This is the worst feeling imaginable." Because I feel like I should be able to be there, but I like physically am unable in a way that I should be. And it's just, oh, yeah. so stressful. Doesn't feel good. Does um, not feel good. And yeah, I couldn't imagine doing that every day for work. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. No. 
Absolutely not. Yeah, no, I I would I would break down. Um, but yeah, some people loved it. I, I the bars were also pretty chill. Like the the clients weren't like super like shitty. So I feel like it probably wasn't that bad. But I feel like if for your job you get drunk five days a week, you might have a problem. Either you have a problem or your job has a problem, and probably both. Yeah, either you, both definitely both. Uh, you just like it's can't it can't stay healthy. No, not um, at all. But anyway, that overnight was kind of fun. The best part was you'd be alone pretty much all night, like you and like one cook and maybe the manager, my manager, Tim, if he was like around. But I feel like I've talked about Tim before. He was a crazy guy. He's a fun guy. Yeah. <laughs> have I talked about my manager, Tim, uh, when I worked at Kirby Lane in Austin? Dan, have you heard about I, Tim? I feel like I have, but I'm always down to re- uh, rehear he, stories. Tim was great because he was he was like the coolest guy. You know, he was uh, every once in a while doing some drugs. Uh, and by every once in a while, I mean most days, but you didn't hear it here. And uh, you'd be like, all right, I'm going to walk to perimeter. And that's what he, that walk to perimeter was shorthand for go smoke weed out back. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, he would go walk to perimeter for a couple, for a couple hours. <laughs> and so then, good. you know, but it was like the middle of the night. It was like dead. And it was just like me and this one, like, uh, you know, overnight cook. And we were just chilling. Mm-hmm. And some days the overnight cook wouldn't be there. And so I would have to cook and serve, um, which was really like that was if you want like sympathy tips, if you're the only one in the building. And like, someone's oh, yeah. like, I want chicken and waffles. And I'm like, all right, it sounds good. I'm going to go whip it up for you. And like they were sitting at the bar. They would just be amazed that you would just go back there and also cook. Yeah, dude. And then they would give you like five, ten bucks at least. I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. Um, but well, yeah, doing, doing that was kind of fun. Anyway, uh, Tim was a very distinctive voice. And he always kind of talked like this. And he had like a, a little bit of a tick where he would just kind of go like, <clears throat> after like saying most things, like he would kind of like laugh at like um, his <laughs> delivery of his, his like, you know, he was always joking around, always like making goofs. And he always had like a very minor laugh that he would do all the time. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm gonna go take a walk around the perimeter. <laughs> Amazing. Um, I, I loved him. Uh, Tim was sick as hell. And you know what happened? I don't know if I, I don't know if I've told this specific part of the story, but it's like the happiest ending, which is that uh, uh, Tim ended up winning a shitload of money in a uh, class action lawsuit. Hell yeah, dude. Like a shitload of money and then bought a house for himself and his mom in Florida and bought a boat and went and retired and lives in Florida now. That's that is actually the best possible ending to that story. It's the fun. He's like, yeah, I'm moving to St. Petersburg, Florida. And like <laughs> suddenly one day and we were like, you're leaving. He's like, yeah, you know, I just won like a lot of money in a lawsuit. So I uh, bought a house, paid it off. And for my mom and I, we're going to retire. I love that. That's so rad. Much. It makes me so happy. That's yeah. Yeah. That makes me really happy. I'm not going to lie. Good end. Good end. And he was he was like one of those things where like, yeah, f- f- go go you, Tim. That's sick as hell. Hell yeah, dude. Um, I hope he's just, you know, walking the perimeter on his boat now. <laughs> Cla- classic guy. Um, and you'll love to see him succeed uh, just uh, one day out of the blue. <laughs> I, I this love could be how you. out of the blue it is. It's just like, hey, one day I was living my normal life and then boom, a massive influx of just raw cash came pouring right at me. <laughs> we can all dream. Classic Tim. Except for um, Tim, Tim lives yeah. it. I feel like we definitely uh, I've, I've got some good liquor store stories going. A lot of potential. Um, I mean, I've only got a little bit of time left at the store before I'm done. So we'll see what I if I if I gain any other anecdotes. I, I will do Gonna my best to gain anecdotes. enough anecdotes for both of us if uh, if you don't end up getting. And I mean, the nice thing is, even if I'm not working there anymore, I'll, I'll know what you're talking about. Mm hmm. <laughs> And I mean, realistically, there's only so many times I can tell the same. I lied to customers to get them to buy a wine that I know more about than the other story. But hey, I disagree. Yeah. I think that there is an infinite amount of times that you can do that. Oh, I will do it an infinite amount of times, but there's only so many times I can tell the story. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's him. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of a Tim moment there. Oh, you know, I try. I try. <laughs> Maybe we should get Tim on the podcast. I don't I don't have like his contact info at all. That guy was cool. I love how yeah. immediately that got shut down of we should do this. I cannot get in contact with him. Oh, well, I was like, I have no idea how to. But I feel like I could probably like find some stuff about him through like some old coworkers of mine. Yeah, you could you could check up. Just hit someone yeah, up out sure of the Tim's blue okay. for the first time in like two years and be like, bro, whatever happened to Tim anyway? Yeah, you want to be on my podcast, Tim? <laughs> Does Tim know what a podcast is? Probably. Tim was, a, he was a worldwide man. There you go. Uh, he also was just like, he was just like, he, he was a little bit of a, uh, you know, mm. wild guy, but he had a really good heart. You know, he was the kind of guy who, his policy when he was working overnights was like, if someone's in there and they're kind of like tweaking, uh, we don't just call the cops on them because it's not illegal to be high in a restaurant. Oh yeah. And as long as like, you know, we kind of had like a section for like people who were like, you know, 
just kind of like bugging a little bit. And that way, you know, they don't have to like that way. If people are just like trying to have like a late night, like overnight meal and like if they're on like a break or something, they're not necessarily being like bothered by like people who are using. But, you know, it's not it's not illegal to want pancakes if you're oh yeah like, if you use heroin, you know, it's not like a crime. Oh, um, yeah. And so we, we did like everything we could to try and like help. Because it's, it's nice to have, like, a safe environment, and it's not, you know, a safe injection site or anything like that, but it's, it's like, yeah, you know, if you want some pancakes and you got 10 bucks or whatever, and you're not doing anything wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but so, some of the managers and stuff were definitely of the opinion of, can't have that here. Can't believe ruins that you, you worked with a bunch of narcs. Actually, no, well, I can't. Well, you know, a lot of them were like, it ruins the image so we're trying to cultivate. And we're like, it's 3 in the morning, man. Yeah, nobody cares about your image at 3 like, a.m. It's 3 a.m. and you do this once a week when Tim wants a day off. Like, don't act like you, like... <laughs> No, we're not kicking somebody out. This guy comes in here for he comes in here overnight more often than you do. It's not his fault that he has a, a drug problem. Be nice. Just be cool. Yeah. Just yeah. don't and, suck. And, and like, so t- Tim, guy didn't suck. Guy was cool. And uh, now he lives in Florida and has a boat. So the lesson here is that if you are cool and uh, not a jackass, you get money from a class dress and lawsuit. That's what I'm getting out of this. Yeah, that's the that's the, the story of Tim. Yeah. Do drugs, get a boat. That's what I'm hearing. Do drugs, get a boat. I I found it. I found I found my uh, my autobiography. If that was a lifestyle choice, if that was something I could choose. Yes, to exactly. Make, if that was like if someone was like, hey, man, do you want to work a job or do you want to do drugs and get a boat? I'd be like, oh, shit. Oh, shit, dude. Give me them drugs and boats. Yeah. I mean, not that I don't want to work a job, but like when the those are the two options job or drugs and boat. I mean, there's a clear yeah, answer. I mean, you got to make sure you're not doing too much drugs with the boat, though, because otherwise you might if you got a lot of drugs and a boat, you might kind of step on some toes you don't want to step on. Yeah, you don't want to biff the boat. I'm just saying I don't want to get in trouble with like people who are actually, you know, moving product. <laughs> well, they would also. Biff I don't know why. So they would probably biff the boat and you. Anyway, if you do drugs and buy a boat, don't get involved with the cartel. Thank you. That's, this has been a PSA. <laughs> that's me. the lesson. That's really the lesson here. I mean, we could probably like yeah we can be done I'm d- on that I was gonna, I I was, that that's was, not what I was gonna say that's, a, that's I was gonna say we could our, probably run drugs oh we could probably run drugs yeah I thought you were gonna be like yeah, oh yeah, yeah that's our end of the you know like an old GI Joe like let's let's switch our uh let's switch our our kind of like a our, our uh mo mo here what if what if we buy a boat right what if we become like podcast on a boat boatcast. Yeah, like, what do you guys think? I could boat cast. Boat TA. Boat TA. Ooh, Boat TA is definitely the name of yeah. the ship, yeah. You guys think we should uh, become podcast on a boat? Audience, if you donate to our Patreon. Yeah. If anyone gives us, like, $30,000, we'll, we'll make it happen. Yeah, we'll get a boat. Fuck it. Oh, uh, we can, like, float out to, like, little islands in the middle of Lake Erie and just kind of, like, boat it up. Boat TA takes the Great Lakes on a tour unlike any you've ever seen. Sounds like a blast. To Actually, me. how sick I'm would down. how sick would that be if you did like a concert tour? <laughs> like if you're like a band and you, did, and you did and you did like a concert tour of the Great Lakes where you just like had like a like a boat and you just brought it to places and the people were like pulled up in their boats and like I was thinking or you could, just like sat in chairs yeah, on the docks. Bring, bring it up to the bring it up to the shoreline and just do all yeah. of your concerts from the boat. That that is actually pretty yeah, rad. Yeah, like imagine like the Rolling Stones pulling up to like Presque Isle. And like park and drop an anchor in the middle of the the heart, like in the middle of the aisle and having like people fill up uh, on both sides, like on, on not only in like the bayfront, but also on the, the inside of Presque Isle facing them. Mm-hmm. And then they just like dropped anchor and had like a big ass show with some big ass monitors. I'm here for it. That'd be so sick. And they then and then after that, they were just like, all right, we're driving. To, we're doing the same thing in Buffalo tomorrow. I'm here for it. That's that is a great that, idea. That'd be a, that's a cool idea. Yeah, no, I think it's a great Rolling, idea. Rolling Stones, uh, send me an email. I, I don't know if they're... I think they might be a little too old for a boat tour, though. Well, judging by the number of old people I see on boats, I don't think so. I think you're probably fine. That's true, yeah. They don't, they don't have to like, drive the boat. You know, we'd probably have, like, the equivalent of roadies. Boaties, I suppose, doing that. Cabin boys. Uh, yeah, any any large band, uh, hit us up. We'll, we'll make a big boat tour happen. We will not do that.